This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Let's uh, take a look at headlines coming out from around the region. Yes, indeed. This week, Singapore and Indonesia ties took a major step forward after the conclusion of agreements on three long-standing bilateral issues. Plus, uh, Malaysia government announcing that they will not bring back that uh, movement control order. Right. And finally, Thailand and Saudi Arabia finally held their first high-level talks yesterday after three decades. Got to get an analysis of all of these developments and headlines. We're joined now by Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent at The Straits Times. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Bhakti. Good morning, Arit. Leslie, uh, let's start off with uh, Prime Minister Lee Sien Loong visiting Bintan yesterday. This is the Singapore-Indonesia Leaders Retreat hosted by Indonesian President Joko Widodo. The meeting uh, saw Singapore's agreement to return airspace over Riau and uh, Natuna to Indonesia, but also the signing of an extradition treaty and defence cooperation between the two countries. Let's talk about the significance of those uh, three key agreements that were signed. Well, you know, this is really a big deal between Singapore and Indonesia, which, you know, we all know ranks as ASEAN's biggest, largest economy. I mean, the three agreements, realignment of both countries, flight information region, uh, defense cooperation, and extradition treaties. And I don't think you can, we can really, um, um, uh, really uh, say that one agreement is more important than the other. These are major issues that have been on the table for decades and the fact that both leaders have come to this landmark agreement I think highlights the need among you know certain countries in the region that regional cooperation is going to be key as countries try to bounce back from the adverse effects the of the health crisis I mean under the agreement about airspace management mm-hmm. you know Singapore and Indonesia have agreed to realign the, the the flight path between you know Jakarta flight information region and the Singapore FIR. Mm. Indonesia will delegate a certain amount of space to Singapore. And I think this really is something that has been very, very important for both countries. And particularly for Singapore too, you know, because of how important air travel and the airports are to the economy. So I think really this is very, very important for one. And then the defense cooperation is also important. And the extradition treaty, you know, which really has been in place, but it shows commitment for both countries that, you know, that they need these these agreements before. Um, and investors are going to take this very seriously. I mean, very, very positive for both countries. Some have asked whether now is the right time for them to return the airspace to Indonesia. Have you been hearing anything that's aligned with those views? Well, you know, that has been, you know, there has been these murmurs about Indonesia wanting uh, greater access to all this. But I think there is an understanding also that Singapore's handling of this, this airspace has been crucial for for investor travel confidence in the region. So I think the the acknowledgement of this is very important. And that's just going to gonna help boost confidence for for people in the, in the area. So I think this is very, very good. I, I think it's great that this is happening. And uh, I also really wanted to ask if you know where PM Lee and President Jokowi got their batik shirt from. <laughs> yeah, Damn very comfortable. Nice <laughs> exactly. Hey, you, think, you think we'll see more travel to, to Batam and Bintan from this week? I mean, it certainly looks that way. 
Well, it certainly looks that way. You know, Indonesia has decided that you know they they want to allow this to happen, and because you know the Singapore dimension to to the tourism of mm. this two islands are really, really very important. And I think the fact that the meeting was held in in one of the islands actually mm. is kind of subtle message actually from both leaders and both governments that look, you know, we think that you know it is good to open. It clearly shows that there's confidence in both sides that you know we can start to open up, and um, and that's good. You know, that's that's really good. You know, it's positive. It's really positive. Some good news coming up from the region this time. Very mm, nice. For sure. Um, yesterday, we also saw Indonesian President Joko Widodo launch construction of a 2.3 billion US dollar coal gasification plant. Uh, this is in an effort to slash the country's LPG imports, the liquefied petroleum gas imports, while optimizing its coal resources. Now, this reduces Indonesia's LPG import by 1 million tons per year, to put it in context. Talk to us about why he's seeing the need to do this at this point. Uh, to what extent would the heavy reliance on polluting coal and an increase in the nation's greenhouse gas emissions actually stand in the way of their plans of reaching net zero emissions by 2060 or even earlier? You know, the, but the target to reach uh, net zero emissions is largely unchanged, but it's also a moving target when dealing with pressing, pressing economic issues. I mean, in in this case, it is about reducing the huge subsidy bill in the government's annual budget uh, over the nation's, uh, you know, LPG consumption, which is close to 90% of it, which is imported, actually. So, and I mean, here's some numbers, perhaps, to tell the story. In 2021, Indonesia consumed 7.95 million tons of LPG, 6.4 of it, which, is, which were imported. So I think if they can reduce this this import, you know, that will help actually reduce the subsidy from the state budget by something like close to, you know, U.S. $500 million, actually. And that's a huge amount. And this for a country that always has to deal with attacks on its currency. Mm. And I think this is very important. We saw what happened in 1998 when, you know, the currency collapsed uh, uh Prices of staple food uh, skyrocketed and brought people to the streets. Uh, uh, deadly riots that caused uh, former political strongmen to uh, out of office. So I think this this shows that Singapore uh, the Indonesian government is clearly very very concerned about this, and I think reducing the subsidy bill, uh, improving its current account deficit, all of this are very important now, and this is one of the reasons they do. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Hey, uh, Leslie, quick work on this one. Uh, Malaysia's Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakob saying that the country won't impose any further blanket movement control orders or travel restrictions, uh, including during Hari Raya Adil Fitri celebration this year. you got Chinese New Year coming up as well. I mean, is there no worry that there might be a wave of uh, Omicron cases? The worry is certainly there, but you know there are a number of issues at play here. Okay, among them are economics and politics. The, first of all, the economy can't afford another lockdown, mm. and you've got the Ismail Sabri government that is struggling to stay in power and won't be able to deal with any kind of public backlash, especially from you know the Malay Muslim community. Mm. 
should they impose movement controls, especially during this all-important Hari Raya, including Chinese New Year too, you know. Sure. So I think the they are defending this position. The government has highlighted that it's taking a more calibrated approach rather than more extreme responses in countries like, say, China, you know, that recently locked down more than 1.2 million people because of a handful of asymptomatic yeah. cases. So also the pand- there's pandemic fatigue in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. people, after two years of these lockdowns and generally the Malaysian uh, public feel that the government's responses haven't been effective enough. They've been largely filled with SOPs and fines for not adhering to or not complying with, with these regulations rather than dealing something directly with the, with the, with the health system. So all fatigue, politics and economics, as usual, playing a big part in this. Leslie, just to wrap up, we did mention this as a development that we would be exploring. Thailand's Prime Minister visited Saudi Arabia yesterday. This is the first high-level meeting between the two countries since that diplomatic row over a jewellery theft nearly three decades ago. Put this in perspective for us. Why is this happening now? Why is it a good thing? And is it likely to continue being a good thing? Well, clearly it's a good thing. I mean, showing both countries after more than three decades, you know, over over something um, which at that point was a major story, actually. But I think in this normalization of uh, diplomatic ties between Thailand and Saudi Arabia, it's going to be baby steps, you know, and Thailand sees Saudi as a major source uh, for its tourism uh, industry. Saudi clearly wants to normalize ties under the under Prince Salman, who who really wants to bring major reforms to the kingdom. And, but I think to put some things in perspective, I mean, it's, it's this, the episode alone that caused this bilateral ties to plead the you know, breakdown. Maybe interesting for our listeners, actually. I mean, Saudi Arabia downgraded diplomatic relations after theft in 89 for about $20 million worth of jewels by a Thai gen- janitor working in the, for, in the Palace of Saudi Prince. You know, and that triggered a feud called the Blue Diamond Affair, mm. Uh, mm. which is yet to be resolved to this day. You know. mm. I mean, uh, Thai police later returned some jewels, but the Saudis claimed they were fake. Mm. Uh, and the whereabouts of, uh, you know, one of the most precious gems yeah. remains unknown to today. You know. yeah. So I think this is going to be, you know, a, a really hard episode to actually... Uh, smooth over and it's going to take a lot of confidence building uh, baby steps like I said earlier Alright, uh, Leslie Lopez Regional Correspondent for The Straits Times speaking with us this morning appreciate your time as always you take care and stay safe yeah? Yeah, Thank you Thanks, Bucky The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts and our audio app That's A-W-E-D-I-O Like us and rate us 